Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with about 20 years' experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 20 years. And I'm Gordon Leppard, finance Richard Young Associates. Good to be here, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Great day here after uh, after Christmas. And uh, yeah. looking forward to some good football today, right? Yeah. Carolina plays Miami. So, uh, oh, yeah. Chance to, to stay above 500. That's, that's our goal. There's got to be some year. other good games to today. Stay above to be honest, 500. Don't know what there are. You know, that, that's just barely over the number of tickets I've heard that uh, Carolina yeah. fans have bought to go to this thing. Yeah, that's Ouch. right. It'll be more than Miami, though. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And we'll see what we can do against Oklahoma. Clemson, that's right. And who's but, uh, Georgia has Louisville. Louisville Todd yeah. Grantham, yeah. you know, left Georgia to go be the defensive coordinator at Louisville. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to be one? kind of a, a reunion. Is that on the first or when is it? That is the twenty. Let's see. No, excuse me. That's the thirtieth. Okay. Thirtieth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That'll be the thirtieth. We're back in football season. Back in, I like yeah, it. Yeah. In wrapping up football season. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. But um. Yeah. We got an exciting show lined up for today too. Speaking of exciting. Um, we have some awesome things really to talk about here. I mean, predictions for 2015. We are right here, and the predictions are starting to roll out, guys. Yeah. I think Carolina's going to beat Clemson in 2015. That is my one prediction. <laughs> That's your I'm one putting prediction. it on record right now. You can forget that one, buddy, because we're going to have our quarterback <laughs> back, and uh, it's it's over for you guys for a while. And speak, I'm hoping. Speaking of numbers, not to mention how many top recruits Carolina has lost. Oh, stop. Already. We're not talking about that anymore. Oh, this isn't a sports pro. So we're, but we are we're talking, talking about, about numbers. finances. Finances here. We got some some interesting predictions for 2015. Yep. Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, has released their new forecast for 2015. And, you know, I'm always amazed at how specific these guys are mm-hmm. with their predictions. You know, it's not like Kiplinger's where they just make some really broad prediction like some fortune teller would, you know, that's, like, always right. Um, these guys are really specific. So these are interesting. You know, you want to stick around for and, these. And normally they get half of them right and half of them wrong. It, yeah, hey, you know, I, I, I say we revisit this next year around the same time. Let's take a look back. Yeah. Well, I actually have some of their 2014 uh, okay. predictions in right. here. So right. we're going to talk about that, too. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah, that's so. good. That's good. And we're going to uh, follow up with that with a, uh, an article. Uh, it's really good. It's um, talking about how do you how to plan for an unplanned retirement. You know, guys, we talk to um, folks all the time that come in that say, hey, I'm going to work till 65. Some of them are saying, I'm going to work till 70. And, you know, the st- statistics don't bear that out. A lot of times people are retired early, either health-wise or maybe they're laid off from a job. So going to dive into that topic a little bit and give you some things to think about if you're in that situation you're still working but what happens if you are laid off yeah very important question to think about no doubt then i think we're going to finish up with a little more conversation about oil you know we've been talking about that lately and it's been an incredible roller coaster uh and right now it seems like they're going down the the tall big hill Mm -hmm. you know 
Uh, so for some, it's scary. For others, it's, uh, Where will know, it's an opportunity. Price. Where will oil prices land, and what does that mean for the stock market? Exactly. Right? So we'll, yeah. we'll look into that uh, as we close things out. Yeah, interesting topic. All right, we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, and this comes from the Energy Information Administration, and kind of goes right into that last topic. Um, you know, the, the U.S. crude oil production has increased about 50%. In the last four years, it rose from about 5.5 million barrels a day in 2010 to almost 8.3 million barrels in 2014. So wow. I think that is part of the reason why oil is dropping. I mean, certainly, you know, there, there's more supply. It's this old supply-demand type conversation. So um, it's good news for uh, for companies generally having yeah. lower cost, and then also Americans have more money in their pockets to spend. And isn't it cool? I mean, sticking it to OPEC. I like it. I like it, man. I mean, yeah, no thanks to the current administration, but, you know, still, I mean, I, I, we're sticking it to OPEC big time now. They'll find a way to take credit for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it is nice to be in control of, of, you know, not having someone kind of looming over you. So, um, yeah, it's amazing what the prices at the gasoline pumps are. I saw a dollar ninety nine this last week. Yeah, I, I am convinced that is eventually going to trickle down into the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to mm-hmm. start seeing the economy pick up as a result of this, and and maybe you know when the numbers come out for this holiday season. We'll see some great numbers as a result of people feeling good, you know, after they leave the pump. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I hope so. And that, you know, some things that we'll allude to right. uh, and address in the last um, last topic there. Yep. <clears throat> okay. And uh, if you have questions out there, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. By the way, check us on our website, um, moneymd.net, where you can stream us there. And all our podcasts are out there, too. So yep. you can even pull our podcast down from iTunes and just look for MoneyMD. Out there on uh, iTunes. So, all right. So, first segment here. You know, what does 2015 hold for us? I mean, what are the predictions for 2015? We got some interesting ones coming out here. Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. They have their outlook forecast for the U.S. and global economies for next year, and they say they're cautiously optimistic. <laughs> that sounds like they have no idea. Yeah, that sounds like they have no idea. <laughs> that, is, that is very vague. But you know, it's interesting here though how they. They get it. They drill down to some really specific predictions, which I think is pretty bold and, and probably stupid on their part. But <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, nonetheless, we'll judge them next year. It's interesting, right? So, what lies ahead for the global economy, as well as for housing, energy, and gold? Um, all those things. This is an article, by the way, out of Think Advisor um, here very recently. And according to Merrill Lynch, Bank of America investors can look for a bull market in global equities to continue in 2015. Although returns will slow to single digits, they say, you know, and based on the forecast of their annual year ahead outlook, um, strong fundamentals, robust growth in the economy. Um, you know, they, they caution, though, that it could be lower returns and higher volatility environment ahead. Mm-hmm. So interesting stuff here. Uh, just as a disclosure, I would say, I mean, we don't claim to know the future. Obviously, these are Merrill Lynch's predictions. Past performance, certainly no guarantee of the future. Uh, we don't believe anybody, in fact, can accurately predict the economy or the stock market. But it is interesting to see what people are saying out there about the year ahead. So, I mean, here here's one of those opinions. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they're saying while our key measures suggest that the bull market in equities can continue, the sentiment is far from euphoric. Head of Merrill Lynch's, Bank of America Merrill Lynch's Global Research uh, said in a statement, the world appears to be under-allocated to stocks, and we believe we are still only a third of the way into the great rotation from bonds. Hmm. 
He said they recommended maintaining weightings in U.S. and uh, with no changes from 2014 in U.S. stocks. And the concern about higher interest rates from last year has been delayed. Yeah, that's interesting. It is. A third of the way in the rotation. Yeah, hmm. I like the feel of that. <clears throat> that's a long time. I hope he's right. Yeah. You know, they also came back and said that the uh, healthy U.S. economic uh, growth boded well for U.S. employment. Um, you know, wages have, have been on the rise. Housing has done pretty well. Um, they're predicting in 2015. Uh, it's expected that core inflation uh, would remain steady, and um, they noted that with the new year about to begin, confidence was high, oil prices low, as we talked about, the dollar is strong, and um, surprisingly, Washington's kind of calm. So that's that's typically a, a pretty good scenario overall. No major, um, you know, budget fights or you know whatnot in Washington. Yeah, so. exactly. I, I like the feel of that. Yeah, Bank of America Merrill Lynch said that its research team's sentiment had shifted from extremely bullish to slightly bullish as U.S. stocks approach fair value. It's expected that the Federal Reserve uh, will begin hiking interest rates probably sometime in September. They said, "Boy, that's very specific." Yeah. <laughs> And investors could anticipate key changes like lower liquidity and higher volatility. So, anyway, here are some of the very specific predictions they did make for the year ahead. Let's start off here, though, um, with the S&P 500 index at 2,200 is what they're predicting into this year. Wow. Talk about specific, yeah. Although Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, believes that the era of excess returns and lower volatility is in the past that expects the secular bull market and the stocks to continue it says expected gains in the year ahead uh imply that the indexes may approach a six percent uh index return eight and a half percent total returns what that comes to with modest deceleration in growth they uh predict the s&p 500 well last year in fact looking back they predicted the s&p 500 at 2000 by now by the end of this year last year this time and you know it's about 2045 i think now so they really weren't too far off with that it mm-hmm. wasn't a real bad yeah bad prediction but you know it it kind of they, they kind of always take the middle of the road if you look back so i mean they're always predicting a lot of times a six eight ten percent return yeah so anytime the returns in that ballpark they're probably going to be close they had the msci all cap world index at 444 by year end unfortunately that's only at 413 whenever yeah. i had looked last so you know they fell about seven percent short on that one that was a pretty good miss mm-hmm. on their parts but interesting stuff wow and uh they also expect the u.s economy to continue to grow next year um on the strength of nearly recovered household and corporate balance sheets and uh what they say is a more stable federal state and local fiscal policies uh we'll see hopefully that can be implemented but um in 2015 if projects uh, such as oh excuse it projects the u.s uh, gdp growth of 3.3 global real gdp growth of 3.7 which is up from 3.2 in 2014, and the euro area GDP growth of 1.2. So they're uh, slight improvements. Yeah, they're yeah. predicting that hopefully you know Europe can come around a little bit too. So yeah, that would be good. All we'll right, see. interesting stuff. We'll continue this one. Come back from the break. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a preferred Dave Ramsey, preferred local provider, and we also have Gordon Leopard with us, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break um, about predictions for 2015, you know, economic predictions abound this time yeah. of year, guys. Yeah, these are always fun to look at, but as we, we talked about initially, no one knows the direction of any of this. I mean, these are just, right. um, you know, these are educated guests by, I guess, it's Bank of America, Merrill Lynch we're looking at. Most big institutions come out with their predictions and... Um, you know, as we said, no one knows exactly what's going to happen. No, they don't. I mean, it's interesting. We I, I pulled a couple of their predictions from last year mm-hmm. to compare, and uh, yeah, they were pretty close with the S and P five hundred. You yep. know, they predicted twenty two hundred, and it's uh, well, they predicted two thousand last year, and and it's it's maybe a couple percent above that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but they were pretty far off with the uh, MSCI All Cap World Index. So, you know, these predictions are not yeah. very close. I bet sometimes. you they missed the 2013 prediction. You know, the markets were up 30%. Yeah, that's right. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I bet there. they missed it big time. I <laughs> yeah. haven't looked back. And it'll be interesting here in a couple of weeks, I'd like to, to pull some more predictions mm-hmm. for this past year yeah. and review those. Yeah, you know, I think that would be good. When the year wraps up. But um, but these are interesting to look ahead, too, and just see what's going on. And, and you know, the predicting global growth to uh, be modestly higher is what they seem to be predicting here. Um, which was number two on their list here, um, besides the S&P 500. Emerging markets is the next one here. According to the outlook, they're saying stronger U.S. growth, lower energy prices, and rebounds in several big economies such as India and Brazil should push economic growth in emerging markets to 4.5% next year, up from 4.2% this year. Um, but below the consensus call of 4.8%. So hmm. interesting there. Saying you know better growth next year in emerging markets, but not as good as yeah, as some other folks. Some folks are yep. predicting. So that's interesting. And then inflation. Um, they're saying lower inflation is driving policies in every country. Uh, the Bank of America Merrill Lynch outlook expects U.S. core inflation to remain well below the Fed's two uh, percent target at about one and a half percent. Now I thought that was interesting because. You know, with oil prices really at rock bottom now, um, you have to think if oil prices rebound, inflation mm-hmm. might be a little above target rather yeah. than below target like that. So I think that's a little bold move. On my, I mean, I think personally, um, the global backdrop they say is disinflationary. In 2015, Bank of America expects Japan to focus on ending deflation, while Europe must deal with major threats. Of outright deflation, which occurs, which if it occurred, would trigger another another crisis over there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, a, lot, a lot of different things going on in the inflation circles. Commodities. Yeah. They also talked about the outlook. Um, they foresee a uh, downside risk to energy prices, and it's really on uh, based on OPEC's decision to allow the market to uh, stabilize itself. So, you know, this could result not only in uh, lower oil prices, but also in higher volatility. Uh, associated with that, but Bank of America actually has a um, a price target of about seventy seven dollars per barrel for Brent crude oil, which is significantly higher 
than where it stands today. Yeah, I think they're a little late on that. They probably made this prediction a month or so ago. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> prices have plummeted since then, so yeah. they're looking kind of stupid now. That, yeah, that's right. Unfortunately. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see where that goes. But the combination of a strong U.S. dollar, higher interest rates, and uh, relatively subdued growth should keep other commodity prices pretty much in check in, in 2015, according to them. Uh, they're, they're saying base metals, uh, aluminum, and zinc should perform relatively well. Um, and gold prices, they say, could fall to uh, $1,100 an ounce. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago, gold yeah. was all the rage. I mean, it uh, was. Everybody was buying it's it. Like $1,700, $1,800 an ounce. Yeah, they were thinking it was going to go over 2000 and yeah. now they're saying, oh, it's going to fall some more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's volatile. Very it volatile. Very, very volatile. Yeah, that's interesting. And then um, next year, they're, they're talking about global rates and currencies. They say the greenback should remain strong in 2015 as the U.S. economy outperforms and the Fed moves to the exit. Uh, Merrill Lynch said the outlook expects rates outside the U.S. to remain low or even decline with the five-year German government bond yield potentially falling to zero. So they're they're predicting um, pretty pretty low rates to continue well into the future here. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then next was bond, the bond markets. Merrill Lynch mm-hmm. expects the uh, investment-grade spreads to widen to 140 basis points um, with total returns close to zero. So in other words, they're expecting rates to go up is, is really they're, what they're what they're talking about. You know, returns would be low mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. rates are increasing. Right. And uh, they say the paradigm shift in, in U.S. high-yield outlook should occur in 2015 with returns in the low single-digit range, range as investors demand higher premium for liquidity and higher rates, um, lower returns. In other words, what they're saying is be careful in bonds in 2015 because they think bonds could get hurt. I bet you they missed that one in 2014, too. I bet they did because I bet they predicted that last year. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. We're we're going to go back and review that here. Um, for long. Well, they move on to you know talk about global fixed income uh, outflows for both retail and institutional investors in the U.S. and wider investment grade spreads may be the story of 2015. They say uh, again, we'll see. Uh, U.S. investment grade bonds could see a total return, like you said, of zero. Uh, at the same time, investment grades. Uh, Bonds in emerging markets should return anywhere from you know around 2.4 in Europe. They're projecting 1.5 to 2 percent, and in Asia, somewhere around 1.4. So, uh, you know, we'll see again what what happens with the global fixed income side of things. Yeah, that's a real wild card. I, I think <laughs> it's almost saying like you know, it's sprinkling, it's raining outside a little bit, but there is a chance of snow as well. Yeah, I think they're yeah. just they're just stabbing in the wind there. I mean, no, who knows? Boy, it's been unpredictable the last several years for for bonds. Yeah, they predicted three point seven five percent for the ten year Treasury by the end of this year. Guess what? It's only two point two percent now. That yeah. was a huge miss mm-hmm. in last year's predictions. So just to throw one one little bar out there with their <laughs> predictions, um, U.S. housing market. They're saying that new home sales are returning to more normal levels, and they project rises of eighteen percent in twenty fifteen from the extreme lows. It says that existing home sales should increase by a more moderate five percent in twenty fifteen, while Home price appreciation continues to slow, mm-hmm. so you know they're still predicting pretty pretty decent home price movement. Uh, 
So that's good. And then slowing U.S. energy boom. Um, substantial shale production continues to drive U.S. energy production, but most shale oil projects generate very little free cash flow, making output highly price sensitive. So according to their outlook, they're saying a steep price drop <clears throat> will affect operations and cut U.S. shale oil output growth down to, like, half of this year's level. Yeah, no, I mean, no kidding. I mean, prices <laughs> have dropped to the bottom, so it's obviously going to hurt production. So, yeah, anyway, I mean, just to kind of wrap this up, you know, I mean, they're, they've made a lot of predictions here about 2015, some of them very specific. Um, but in general, I mean, they are pretty optimistic about the economy and the stock market, so... I think that's interesting. It's good news. Um, having said that, I mean, nobody knows. You can't predict this stuff, so you got to remain diversified. Yeah, right? have a plan, and uh, don't get caught up in all the noise and the ups and the downs, because it always happens. Exactly. Okay, good topic. That leads us up here, though, to our question of the week. I got this question, actually, from uh, a question that was posed to uh, CNN Money, and it, um, it the question is, is with a million dollars saved, uh, should we hire a financial advisor? And a uh, pretty lengthy answer huh. that they went through. Yeah. It's a good question. Obviously, they've done a nice job saving. A million dollars is uh, is a lot of money, so they've done well. You know, the question they have to look at is, um, you know, what what advice are they looking for? Are they looking for someone to help them with planning, you know, income distribution strategy, making sure they're diversified, things like that? Um, then it may be worthwhile. Some people, you know, feel very good about um, doing the investments on their own. They may not need to take that step. Yeah, I mean, I'd phrase it a little bit differently. I'd just say, I mean, it's sort of like having a complicated tax situation and doing your own taxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, somebody has accumulated a million dollars, um, yeah, you'll save a few dollars if you you do it all yourself, but you miss, but in taxes, I mean, you miss one deduction, and it will, you know, you make one mistake, and it's going to cost you far more. Um, so I think when you have a million dollars, the stakes are far too high, I think, to to be playing around with Going on it, your own. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I think you just need extra advice. Yeah. I mean, it's worth the advice. I mean, you need a professional <laughs> on your team. When you're when you're messing around with a million bucks, yeah, I sat down with a couple this last week that had in in excess of that, and um, they'd done a nice job saving, and so they're at a point in their life they wanted to come and and get some professional advice and someone to help them kind of look at the whole picture and make sure that they didn't go in the ditch, basically. Right. Well, then right. thinking about the the time and energy that it takes to to accumulate that, they don't want to continue. I guess maybe spending all that yeah. time just focused on that. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah and I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds self-serving on our part, but you can. You can engage a professional in different ways mm-hmm. where you're not just turning everything over, maybe, and, and you know, you're not paying as much. So, exorbitant fees. Yeah, I mean, they can be careful, ways. careful there in how they do that. But I think you definitely want some help when you're at that level and you're dealing with your life savings. So, anyway, interesting question. All right, and that leads up here to our break, though. If you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net. Or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD. We'll be right back after these messages and GM News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider, and Gordon Leopard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are um, starting off our second half of the show here with uh, laid off at 60. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you plan for an unplanned retirement? Um, you know, it's an article out of Forbes here, and, and it's interesting. 
John, I mean, it, it's staggering the number of people that get laid off that were planning to work till 65 or 70. Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. And I know you guys have heard yeah. this. Um, you know, you hear people saying, I, I'm never going to retire or maybe, um, uh, you know, I'm going to work until 70 or 75. That's kind of their plan. And, you know, it's not surprising that you hear that. Um, but uh, unfortunately, like, you know, a lot of Americans today, that does not typically happen. I mean, and there's a lot of different factors, whether it be health or, um, you know, people are laid off. And it catches them by surprise. Yeah, caring for their family. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you just have all kind of reasons when you start getting in your 60s for needing to stay home, you know, and, and not being able to work as long as you think. Plus, there There's a great thought-provoking uh, commercial that's on, and it, it's done by one of the larger financial institutions. Uh, and it's the older gentleman that walks to the doorway, mm-hmm. and there's no dialogue and he's very hesitant to walk to the doorway, and it's like he's got a project going on, but he knows that he's going to meet with either the HR or a supervisor hmm. that's probably about to tell him, you're done. Yeah. You know, right. and, and at the end of it, it says, go to suchandsuch.com to see the rest of the story. Yeah. Interesting. So, that is good. You know, that it, is good. It's, it's, it's a great <clears throat> piece. I know when, when, we have, when we hear those comments, you're, you know, you, kind of what you're saying here is what, what, hap- what do you do if something does happen? Right. And that's where planning really comes, comes into play. And you know, it seems like a logical question um, to, to ask. I mean, if you look at gains in longevity over the last couple of decades, I think a lot of us are saying you know, the 70 is the new 50. Um, because people are living much longer, but right. but even though most of us like to think that we have some control over how long we're going to work, you know, life has a way of throwing curveballs. Sometimes I think we've we've all seen that. We probably you know experienced it as well um, a little bit. So whether it's a health issue or maybe a job layoff or forced separation, uh, that curveball can take the decision out of when to retire. I mean, you have no choice, and this happens more often than you think, according to the stats. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the Employee Benefit Research Institute, their 2014 uh, survey found that nearly half of American workers retired earlier than they expected. I mean, half. That's that's a, that's a ton. That's significant. It is. I mean, mostly due to health problems, but there's job issues and family responsibilities, such as having to care for a spouse or other family member. Clearly, planning to work into your 70s or beyond, I mean, that that isn't a plan you can count on. So you have to ask yourself, you know, what if something happens to you or your family and you, you, you have no choice but to stop working? That's, that's a really important question, mm-hmm. and it can happen to anybody. Yep. Well, and if you find yourself in that situation, uh, you really need to understand your benefits. Um, you know, if you if you find yourself retiring earlier than you planned, Go talk to the HR person at work and talk to someone who knows uh, what's available to you. Uh, you may find out that you're entitled to severance pay or early retirement package. Uh, you know, there, there's been numerous people, especially that we've talked with uh, in our area, that have been affected by that at a number of these different places, SRS, mm-hmm. P&G. Uh, so, you know, find out what, what the benefits are associated with your early departure. Yeah. Excuse me. One of the the biggest uh, benefits um, that people need to focus on is health insurance. I mean, you know, if you're uh, younger than 65 and you're not eligible for Medi- Medicare, um, that's a big deal. So if your firm doesn't offer any kind of retiree health benefits, and um, many times they don't uh, today, you know, ask whether you can continue your coverage uh, as a bridge. Um, you know, if you work for a large employer, you're maybe eligible for COBRA. 
um, which, which can is, be very oh, expensive. it's every it's cobra outrageous. It is. It's almost uh, it's unaffordable <laughs> in most cases that I've seen. Unbelievable. Um, you know, maybe your employer um, will let you in, you know continue your insurance coverage under the current plan for a period of time. So if participation under your employer's plan is not an option, Affordable Care Act. I mean, a lot of people are against um, against that, but um, you know, for some people, it has provided the bridge to get them to, to the next step. Um, yeah, and you qualify for a subsidy mm-hmm. if you're below 400% of the federal poverty level. So, you know, it, it may be affordable. I mean, although those policies are very, very expensive, just like all policies. I mean, all of it's gone up, I mean, despite the efforts I, to keep. I think the difference is is the income. If you have a low income, then you'll get, get some greater rebates, and it does become you know pretty supplement there. reasonable. Um, that, that's it for yeah. most people. So you know you got to look at health insurance. Um, you know once you know where your your you stand benefits wise, you can get a handle on where you where you are financially. I mean, start looking at your sources of income. Uh, maybe you have a pension. Uh, maybe you have a termination payout. Um, maybe you have a four hundred one k that you can tap if you're old enough. Uh, personal savings and investments. You know, if you have a spouse or a partner, you can look at their earnings and so forth. But that's why we talk about planning so much is you just never know when this is event's going to happen. So emergency funds, and they all come into play in this, in this you know, conversation. Yeah, and don't make the mistake of automatically assuming that you're just going to go file for early Social Security benefits at age 62 because even if you're eligible and you are 62, um, if you're in good health and longevity runs in your family, it, it may make better sense to draw your savings out first and wait as long as possible, again, taking benefits, um, particularly if you were forced out early because your income may not be as high as you're expecting. Like your pension may not be as high. Maybe you don't have a pension. You know, that Social Security is going to become much more important down the road. And the bigger your Social Security check reaches for each successive year you wait up to age 70, it goes up like 8% a year. So you can add like mm-hmm. 32% going from just 66 to 70. Um, so you may want to delay, you know, your Social Security benefits. Don't rush to make that decision. That's a very, very important decision. Yeah, we do plan in on that piece of it to help our clients make that decision. So that that is a big piece of the puzzle. Another one here, um, you know, listening to the money doctors, you know we're going to talk about this, budgeting. Yeah, you know, unfortunately. You've got to zero in on spending. Make sure you're comfortable with um, the cost that it takes to support your living. Um, you know, you have fixed expenses, you know, things like uh, obviously food and utilities, maybe mortgage. And then you have discretionary expenses, the wants associated with your life, and you may have to cut some of those. Um, so, you know, you got to make sure that, you're, that you've done some planning, that you understand um, how much you can spend, and then you can make your budget based on a new normal. You may have to cut back. Maybe you can't uh, take that expensive vacation, or uh, maybe you have to reduce your cable bill. I see cable bills, $150. You know, you can still get about... 3,000 channels for like $80 a month or something. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, so there are ways to cut expenses and still have, you know, some lifestyle associated with it, but that's a big piece of the puzzle. Well, and, and part of extending, uh, possibly your living years beyond your normal job, maybe finding something else to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, you, you find so many people that are, uh, they're in such a routine and then they may stop cold Turkey and then they're asking themselves, Hey, what do we do? Well, one, one thing that could help provide financially is, Pick up a full, another full time or part time job. Just you know, now you're at a point where hopefully you can decide what you might want to do, uh, because you have a couple of different you know forms of income. But there's very there's there's so many opportunities to create some income during retirement, uh, even if it's just a little paycheck. You know that that kind of helps supplement that. 
you might also downsize a few things, give up an extra car, cut back on some of the dining and traveling, like I think you've already mentioned, um, you know, and just take a little closer look at your overall financial situation and needs there. Yeah, I met with a couple this last week, and um, the gentleman retired. The wife's about to retire from uh, from teaching, and uh, he retired two years ago, and he is now working by choice. He wants yep. to work. He is... Um, he actually is a delivery guy, and he lo- he said he loves doing it. He loves the interaction right. with the people, and it's just yeah. he's only working three days a week. He it's not a huge amount; it's maybe you know two hundred bucks a month or something. But he enjoys it. Uh, he feels like he's giving back, and he has some extra income. So, I mean, those are all possibilities when you're in this situation. So. That's cool. I know a bunch of guys that go work at golf courses, you know, and park carts, <laughs> and they get free green fees. So, there you go. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> sounds I mean, like so. sounds like uh, Steve's been thinking about his. Steve's uh, got his retirement, his retirement plan. plan. Retirement yeah, plan. Yeah, go. You know park a few golf carts and go play golf i love it <laughs> yeah so when you look at if you're in this situation uh you know unplanned retirement it, it's it can be stressful it may not be the one the way that you wanted in your career but it doesn't have to re, uh, derail your retirement plans don't have to face it alone i mean you can certainly reach out to a financial professional um, that can help you um, objectively look at your situation assess it and uh, recommend a course of action and you know by reviewing your options together, um, maybe you can modify or put a, a plan in place to help meet both your short-term and, and your long-term needs. So, um, you know, this is a this is a tough topic. I, I was very surprised at the fifty percent number. Um, it's a huge you know, number. coming out before because yeah, we've seen those before that number yeah, before that that wrecks that can wreck and uh, throw a, a plan off. That's why it's so important to. To put that in place. Yeah, and I tell people, whenever I see people that are planning to work till 65, you know, that, that have our 66, and their their whole retirement plan is based on that, I'm like, you know, you need to have a contingency. I mean, what if, I mean, if you're 55 and you're thinking you're going to 66, 67, I said, what if you're forced out at 62? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get another job then, most yeah. likely. I mean, you've got to have a contingency, and you got to figure out what you could, how you could retire at that age. Right. So do some planning on that. It's a great topic. All right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call, 706-739-0725. You're listening to MoneyMD. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider, and Gordon Leppard, who is an advisor at Richard Young Associates. And we are continuing our discussion here. Um, but we're going to start off here, though, with the prescription of the week. Yeah, this prescription is looking forward to the new year. Um, excited about what 2015 holds for us. But the prescription is to sit down and um, and do a plan. You know, we talk about planning and budgeting. Um, tell your money where to go; otherwise, it's just going to slip away. And so, Tammy and I, you know, <clears throat> did that about probably a week ago. Um, had had a quiet moment in the house. Kids were out, and um, you mean doing six months ago? I mean, yeah. only a week ago, you yeah. got off. 2015 plan. Well, I had to see how 2014 was going to shake yeah, that's out. Good. So. <laughs> I appreciate you waiting a little. You guys are so organized. No. It just makes me sick, man. No, Tammy's not real big on these numbers, so I sit down with a three-page, you know, budget document and so forth, and really wanted to get her input on it. And I, I usually do, but we really sat down and had some conversations on on you know. We plan on a certain level of income, and if extra income comes in, then we've got to figure out what our priorities are. And right. so, just sitting down and going through the categories and 
Uh, it was probably 30 to 45 minutes. It wasn't like a three-hour session, Steve, like okay, you and Kathy okay. probably do. Yeah, well, we, we would love to, but for some reason, life doesn't allow you to. Now is the perfect time. You have a week yeah, you know, of quiet right. You know, over the next week. I haven't wrapped up 2015, 2014 14, okay. yet. You know, i still got a lot of planning to wrap up here before the end of the year, make sure i got my 529 distribution, you know, yeah. complete and... You know, you got kids in college. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of stuff to do right at the end of the year here. There is. There is, no doubt. But, um, you know, looking at 2015 and just kind of talking about that piece of it is uh, it needs to be on the to-do list. That's true. Put that, it on the that, to-do list. That's a great prescription. <laughs> and you need to do it, or just seriously, like first week of January because mm-hmm. life does get busy. And if you We're don't, be, it just won't happen. Well, it's it's looking oh, at right. it's looking right. at savings. Well, <clears throat> it's looking at, you know, emergency funds. Um what kind of vacation you plan on taking, uh, giving. We talked about that piece of it. Kids, we have two kids. Um, you know, they're good kids, but they, they, you know, you're basically supporting a child at college, and, and it's expensive. And then I've got another one going into college next year. So, I mean, there's a lot of, lot, you know. The, a lot to plan for. Yeah, there is. And so the, the conversation was, was very positive. So, Tammy, if you're listening out there, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You better hang on to her, John. She's, yeah. You married up when you married yeah. Tammy. Right? Amen to that. Well, and, and, you know, as much time as we can put into planning and thinking about things ahead of time as well, um, sometimes things happen that mm-hmm. that you just don't plan for. You sure. know, that's why the emergency fund and, mm-hmm. and different things like that are so important. Um, and, and not trying to bring things down, but, uh, you know, just this past week, um, there was a family of six had four kids at our church, totally burned out. Oh no! The and house lost everything out. two days before Christmas. Wow. Oh my uh, And so, you know, those type of things, you, you just mm. you can't plan for. You know, hopefully they've got you know good insurance. I'm sure the community is going to come around them as well. And, and they did. Uh, so far, you know, they've had a really good outpouring of support, uh, both from church and uh, just other people in the community. So, you know, those yeah. thoughts and prayers. Absolutely, and stuff, that's uh, exactly right. Time. So. Yeah, as far as planning for, for 2015, what Kathy and I like to do in the beginning of the year is we like to go have a, 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 a planning date, mm, basically. Okay. And so we go out to dinner, and we'll have a, we have a little goal book that we kind of look through our goals for 2014 and review how they did and then look for our goals for the next year. And, do you, um, you know, so that's what we do. Like dollar menu at McDonald's? I mean, or do you splurge? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it depends on how good the year no, was, they go to five. They go to five guys. Hey, I'm, I'm happy up. with five guys. I don't know about Gourmet guys. burgers. Oh, no, I love but, five uh, guys. No, we, Can't you tell? <laughs> we, we do go to someplace simple. We're not, we're not, you know, foodies, as you would say. Yeah. But uh, like some people in the room. That's uh, all right. All right, good time. Topic, guys, good prescription of the week. That leads up here to our last topic, though, which is the oil scare over stocks. Um, you know, um, it, it's amazing. I mean, oil prices continue to come down. The market hadn't really reacted to that. You know, you would think it'd be good for the stock market. We talked about this some last week, but actually, the market had been going down till this past week. Now the market's going up. Maybe we're finally starting to see some good input from. Uh, Lower oil, gas prices. I mean, it was like bam, you yeah, know. Definitely. And there's two days that send the market back up into uh, just flipped. you know, record right. territory. Yeah. So it, it did. It it, it just kind of shifted on a dime, and that's that's why we talk a lot of times about the diversification and things like that. And sometimes you just don't know. There there's so many external factors uh, that that can change things. So you know, a question is, um, is the oil shock over? 
and again, it depends on who you're talking to. We uh, we reviewed that last week, and there were some very very smart people and analysts, you know, that were talking to this subject exactly in so opposite. many different ways, yeah. you know. And um, so oh, yeah. you you really don't know, but for most Americans, we, average, you know, average everyday Joes, we we shouldn't start sweating yet. So. No, for sure. I mean, it's amazing how low oil has gone, and uh, but we're starting to see the pump. Boy, I saw like this, you know, earlier this week driving in, I saw like two dollars and five cents at the mm-hmm. pump driving in, and it was like wow, you know, I mean, we're really gonna break two bucks here. I, I think. saw a dollar ninety nine. I had to drive to Oklahoma so, to get so, it, but so you've already was... seen it. <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> I had a buddy who posted a picture, uh, and I think it was you know with some bonus perk points or something. But he got it for a dollar fifty six. Oh goodness! Wow, yeah. good so I hadn't heard of that. That's back blast from the past, yeah, seventies or something. Here. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. economy is strengthening, and you know the Federal Reserve um, will you know do whatever it takes. It seems to appease the stock market, as he puts it here in this article. Um, which I don't really agree with, by the way. I mean, I think, you know, the Federal Reserve is being very hawkish about the stock market going down. Um, but thanks to their, their hawkishness about, you know, protecting the economy and, and interest rates, uh, keeping interest rates low. I mean, yeah, the market did come back last week. And, you know, these two factors are the main reason that experts are bullish about U.S. stocks in, in 2015. So while, you know, there could still be some big moves in the coming days, um, your portfolio's oil troubles seem like they could be a distant memory. Mm-hmm. So kind of saying like it's an oil stimulus, you know, at its core, the U.S. economy. It's a consumer-driven uh, economy. So, you know, cheap gas prices aren't really that bad for the yeah. consumer. No, yeah. yeah. No. But hopefully, you know, those long-term. that uh, extra money is being used you know, in the right way. Yeah, you you pull up the pump, you see a lot of smiling faces. I mean, it's taking less, you know, to fill up. And since a lot of Americans have more dollars to burn, um, you know, uh, there's a Wells Fargo uh, e- e- equity strategist is saying the newfound money should be uh, spent, spent quickly. And, you know, Janet Yellen called for these low prices as a net positive for the U.S. economy, despite some of the headwinds it's creating uh, for the shale oil boom. And it's not just consumers that will uh, benefit from this. Manufacturers, transportation companies. I mean, think about the trucking companies. Right. right. Oh, wow. I mean, all the money they and spend the on that. Costs. So That's right. airlines, um, you know, are, are positive as well. So, um, you know, they're saying it's a net positive, which kind of what we were saying last week. Yeah, absolutely. It's got to be. So, you know, it's an upbeat economy, as I say, you know, right now, or at least moving in that direction. Uh Despite some of the signs of a, a weakening global growth, uh, there are still you know very positive signs for uh, the U.S. economy revving up for real this time. Over 321,000 jobs were created, they said, in November. Now, granted, think about that. That's probably inflated a little bit, too, because of seasonal help mm-hmm. uh, that's been implemented during that time. But, you know, nevertheless, that's uh, the largest growth since 1999 for, I believe, a single uh, – single year so you know yeah the uh the, the you know it's interesting the author of this calls this a love fest between the uh fed and the stock market and he says the fed you know has been the best friend the market could ever ask for and um the bond market doesn't appear to be uh that bond doesn't appear to be breaking anytime soon i'm assuming this guy doesn't have a big portfolio since he's and seems to begrudge the Fed's is uh, concern <laughs> about the stock market. Yeah, 
but I would just say, you know, that's well placed because, I mean, the stock market is a big driver of the economy. Yeah. You know? Well, and, you know what they say, don't fight the Fed. That's exactly I mean, right. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, the market has, has come back, and the Fed's indicated signal that they're going to be um, hawkish on uh, inflation and interest rates and the economy. And uh, so they're probably not going to raise rates till late in the year is basically what they've indicated so far. Yeah, and uh, as noted by the U- USAA investment uh, report, uh, the Fed is clearly cautious about doing anything that could damage the economic recovery. You know, So absent any notable increases in inflationary pressures, we believe the Fed will embrace slower for longer as kind of its motto. Uh, over the next little bit. Yeah, and one of the concerns I think some people had initially, and it's still going to be a concern going on, is just the energy sector, um, you know, struggle with oil prices remaining depressed. They may start uh, spending less, you know, on capital projects and so forth. And uh, there were some issues with um, the the high-yield debt markets. People, uh, companies with less than stellar credit, you know, could could be in some trouble. So, um, you know, there is a segment that's probably going to struggle. There are a lot of positives associated with it. Yeah, I think it's got to end up being a net positive overall. I mean, lower gas prices affect every American, not just a small segment of the economy. You know, anything that's good for every American is good for the stock market. Yeah, generally. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, and oil is pushing things around. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're ordering something online or buying yeah. something from the grocery store, you know. Exactly. Okay. Well, good topic and good show. Um, this has been this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us on our website. You can stream our shows there at moneymd.net. You can email us your questions. You can also pull up all of our podcasts right there off of moneymd.net. So, uh, uh, give us a call too, Richard Young Associates, 706 739 0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year. Great weekend. Happy New Year. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.